0: Welcome to another episode of Three Men and a War Game. I'm Paul, and I'm feeling spectacularly dark today. Maybe even grim?
1: Uh, I'm Kevin, and I am also ready to get grim and
2: dark. Um, And I'm Potter, and I need prime lieutenants.
1: Everybody needs prime lieutenants. More prime lieutenants for everybody. Because
2: today we're talking episode two of Grim Dark. It's the revenge of the darkening.
1: <laughs> the Grim Darkening part two. Grim heart.
0: So, to, so today, I, thought, I thought we were on to uh, the electric dark Oh, Electric geez, Darkly dark. is
1: also good. I I debated a couple different ways to go
2: there. Oh man! So so obviously today we're 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 talking our second part of our grim dark evaluations of you know future science fiction tabletop games in that grim dark reality. Uh, this one specifically being uh, Grim Dark Future by what was it? One page one page rules. One page rules. One page rules. Yep. So we'll be kicking that off. But before we discuss, guys, Hobby Progress, how you guys been doing? Uh, pretty good so far. I'm uh, up from last week. I
1: finished a couple what are called knuckers for uh, Kings of War. The models that I used are the Osa or um, shit, uh, neretic Horrors uh, from Wrath of Kings. And currently I'm painting models that are going to be my Thools. Just they're, they're squid, squid folks. You're squiddy, your Squidbillies, squid Squidbillies, squid Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you pity the thule. Yeah, I pity the thule <laughs> That uh messed with my Squidbillies. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on them right now. I should have a unit of 8 probably
2: done by the next time we record. We shall see. You know, we're talking Squidbillies. Why hasn't HBO Max gotten that on there? They've got Aquatine Hunger Force, but they don't have Squidbillies. What the hell? I don't
0: know. I don't know. Come on, HBO. There's a lot there's a lot missing from there. That, is. They should totally have the Brack show, oh. stuff like Space that. Space
2: Coast, coast to coast. Yeah, exactly. Oh,
0: that whole that whole lineup should be on there. Yeah, but Harvey Birdman, not... Yes. At law. Yep.
1: All the shows that I uh, watched in altered
2: states in college. Mm-hmm. Paul, how about you? What's your hobby for been?
0: Well, um, I'm still I'm still working on my Fracted Drop Troops because I've been slow. Um, I mean, at, at painting, uh, so trying to, trying to get them finished up. Uh, but I have managed to, uh, well, while well, well, the painting's been slow, I did get four infinity models in this morning, Nice. Uh, and they are all built except for one of them because it's that new high duke that's or, or high duck or whatever you want to call him the sniper guy the that's duke hiding guy. behind the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I if I base him, uh, I won't be able to paint him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, just a tricky one because the base. But man, that Kodali
0: model, woo, so good. Yeah. Just, yeah, just that did. one's cool. I've basically, all all four of the models I got. I got the. I got the. The new Sniper, the Kodali, which it's not the newest one that they just showed. Uh, right, it's the, the old Kodali. Right? Yeah, yeah, the older one, uh, which is not as cool as the new one that they just showed. But I don't it's know, still really well, cool. cool. Now you have, it's pretty
2: cool. You have two, so.
0: yeah, exactly. And then I got the um, uh, the Stabby Stab Girl. That explains a lot. Speculo cool. Killer.
1: A specular killer, yeah. <laughs> stabby stabby
0: girl, uh, and and the HVT was the other one. Very nice. Which, yeah. That model. I've the hegemony. Dude, I love that yeah. model.
1: models rad, rad. Yeah, so and good. it's been it's been
0: sold out for so long everywhere that that was basically the reason why I got all of those was to justify the shipping from Mini Market because I also wasn't going to spend hundred dollars. Nice. Fair enough. So, but that that was that's the majority of it. I got those all built and, and ready to go and oh and i also managed because one thing about infinity models is i hate putting them on their bases because i always hated like cutting into the bases and stuff like that uh but i started getting my 012 minis on bases very nice so that's nice. actually that's actually a, a huge like progress for me because i hate doing it so much
1: man i can't wait for the first r12 support pack Ooh, gimme 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 anyway yeah.
0: Yeah, those are great-looking minis. Very cool. Potter, how about you? I've uh, been working on uh, my, my my Imperial
2: Fist. I uh, finally got the airbrush working again. Um, almost threw it through the window. Wasn't sure. <laughs> it was giving me some trouble. Oh, uh, but I got it working again, so I, I figured out a, an airbrush scheme if I like for my yellow, so I've been going through that and working on those guys. Uh, pics are up on the Instagram, by the way. Hell yeah. They look good too. I like them. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happier with it. Um, it, I, I went with a darker color for the shade, but I've still kept that orangish look. So that way everything's got the mustard and you know, our, our discord, I put the, my test model up originally and you know, everybody in the discord was like, brighten it up, brighten it up. And they were, they were definitely right. So, you know, I hit it up with a, and I think I went as high as flash gets yellow on it for the highlights. Nice. So and then um I was doing, well I was using moon dust from aria Painter, which is like their super bright yellow for the um the highlights. But I tested Dorn yellow, and good lord, that's such a beautiful color. And so that's I'm gonna have to go back and redo all my line highlights on this model, uh for for Dorn yellow because it's just a such a it pops so much more and it looks better on the model.
0: Oh, well,
1: that's cool. I would have used something like uh, Ushapti Bone for the well, the line highlights. So that's cool to just use a super bright yellow.
2: Yeah, the I did originally. I used um, I used Buff, which is basically the same thing as like Ushabti Bone from Vallejo, and it just felt muted. It just uh-huh. didn't stand out enough, and that's why. I, so I, I took a little bit of that Buff to to, to tone down the moon dust a little bit because I thought the moon dust would be too bright, and um it just it's still, it just didn't, it stood out, but it wasn't like what um, the uh, Dorn yellow is going to be. And I'm going to wash the whole thing down uh, when I'm done. So I'll, I'll hit it up. I'll do a, a gloss varnish and hit a wash over that uh, to help, help with that. And it should bring the tone of it down just a little bit. So it's not too super bright, but it's definitely got that kind of GW um, heavy metal kind of look to it, which is nice. Yeah, man. If you're going to paint
0: GW, you might as well own it, right?
2: Right, exactly. So um, so now I'll just have to start getting the rest of my army together and painted. Uh, pre Idominus Crusade box set, I actually have enough to pay, play 1,500 points. That's cool. Nice. I mean, it's not... All oh, oh, them space
1: marines.
2: Yeah, because I found my Vanguard box that I bought from the second box set that came with Chaos, I think it was. And it was with all the Phobos guys, so... I found I forgot that I bought all that off the uh, off of uh, Barter Town.
1: Nice. I have the other half of that box. Yeah. yeah just, it's a good box. I just bought
2: the Space Marine half off Barter Town off some guy. So I forgot I owned all that. So I built that and I had like a box of aggressors laying around. So built those. The, I think the only thing I've actually bought for the army so far is uh, the Intercessors and the rest of the stuff I already had. So that's been nice.
1: Boo, though, Death of the False Emperor. Uh, (laughs) 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 Um, All right, moving on, guys. Uh, Game news.
0: Um,
1: Some cool shit happening. Yeah, man. Uh, So near and dear, at least to my heart. I think all of us have a soft spot for Privateer Press. Oh, yeah. mm Mm-hmm. They have a Kickstarter up for the second season of Riot Quest. Um, I think it's no secret to anybody who's been listening to this podcast for a while. I love Riot Quest. Uh, Despite the fact that we haven't talked about it, I still play it with uh, my nine-year-old probably two or three times a month we throw down, Um, and I'd play it more if I had a chance to. I just love Riot Quest, so I was right on in to that. So if you have a chance, it should be up for the next 10 days or so when you're listening to this. Um, So go it's fifty bucks to get in. Hundred bucks is uh, there's there's actually three hundred dollar options um, for all sorts of variety of models. Wait, when you so, say three
0: hundred dollar options, you mean three one hundred dollar options? options. Okay. So, yes.
1: <laughs> there are three options at one hundred US dollars. Okay, I'm just I'm just
0: making sure because I was just dealing with the Brandon Sanderson Kickstarter, so I you know I'm yeah listening yeah, to oh like five hundred dollar pledges and shit like yeah. that, so. yeah, no, that. no. no 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 insane. No.
1: It's it's so it's the Riot Quest Season 2 The Winter Wonderland is 50 bucks for the box which is like the box gubbins dice miniatures rule book mat all that stuff you need to play. Right. Uh and then 100 bucks you can get two of the Season 2 boxes so you can have two of everything or you can get uh the the red versus blue pack which is the Season 1 starter with the Season 2 starter which is actually probably the best if you're just starting mm-hmm. out. Uh, and then they also have what's called the hand-pick collection, which is the Season 2 box, and then f- four additional models from Season 2. So,
0: so let me tell you something. The baby Gorax... Amazing. ...is, is going to make me buy into that because that model itself is so awesome. I have to go Dude, look at you need at this to be now.
1: in RayQuest anyway. RayQuest is like... Like we talk about how there's good first, second games and, or good first games, good second games. But like Riot Quest is like the game that when you have people over at your house, you can just be like, you want to, you know, have a cocktail and just roll some dice. It's just so good and so funny. Um, yeah. And I'm I just, a, it has I'm so a, much personality. Wa- I'm
0: actually wondering if it's something I can get my wife to
1: play. Oh, Yo, you totally can. Ella plays it. So I would, I would say a hundred percent right um, we, def- we often have three player matches and that's the other nice thing is riot quest plays probably best with three or four players it's fun with two but it's just there's just way more stuff going on with three or four and it's really really good it comes alive at that player count
2: okay so is is the is the baby gorak shivers yes yes that that gives me all sorts of baby group vibes uh with that that model yeah
0: <laughs> Just yeah, the, but like you, the killer did you, screaming. Did you, did you listen to them talk about no? I did the character. I
2: didn't, I didn't watch the. I didn't watch the uh, the
0: keynote. So so listen to this fluff for him because it's amazing. He it was he was basically left by his parents for dead, and he was picked up by Boomhauer. So he's learned to shout really loud like Boomhauer, and basically <laughs> destroys everything and gets mad when he sees his friends getting hit. Hence the angry yeah. shout. Uh huh. Ability, ability he has on his card. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely amazing in his little like World War One trencher helmet and big mm-hmm. cute eyes. Wait, wait, is y- also is this Yuri the, the new- Axe? Hmm.
2: So I see here Yuri the Hunter. Is this supposed to be like the Cador the Kador guy, Yuri the Axe? I think is what. Oh yeah, is? that's exactly yeah, who it is. Definitely who it is.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Damn it!
1: Uh, dude, all of the characters are War Machine characters, right? So. Uh, um,
0: well, and the the, yeah. the fun thing that I just I just realized, and I, I guess I didn't realize this until they talked about the the Iron Kingdoms, the new Iron Kingdoms rulebook, mm-hmm. right? So I guess that's more news is that they're they're doing another edition of Iron Kingdoms RPG, but it's going to be 5e, yeah, 5 right. compatible, which is mm-hmm. pretty badass. Um, but apparently, it's a alternate timeline from Riot Quest. So, like, Riot Quest is everybody losing, humanity losing to the infernals. The Iron Kingdoms RPG is a infernals not wiping out humanity. Oh, interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I thought that was a really interesting way of doing that. So it can be post, you know, post infernals, but not, you know, apocalyptic. Right. I like. Yeah, I like Riot Quest. I
1: like I like full on camp coming from Privateer Press right now, I like the
0: just goofy stuff. Oh, and speaking um, of goofy stuff, the yeah. new Monpok stuff, amazing. Yeah, so good. Space Dragons, give me that. Space Dragons mutations. And did you look at the mutations? Yeah, dude, the like man? Thundercats. Fucking Yeah, rat. dude. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. And and your classic, like, um, you know, crazy geometric... Bad guys. Yeah. The
1: uh all in all the Private Seer Press uh like for everything I didn't I, I actually tuned out during the War Machine part. I only watched the Riot Quest, um Warcaster and um Mamon stuff and all those things were great. I was like, Man, why am I not playing all these games? Even though technically I'm playing two of them. Oh probably, like the the so. the
0: new
2: Warcaster faction looks really nice. So, yeah. yeah and the vehicles oh, look and good. the vehicles
0: amazing that was yeah, that so, was a really cool touch so cool yeah
1: i'm really looking forward to warcaster more I, I i and i got my shipping notification today or the email that's like we're gonna start shipping next week i was like yeah baby oh, cool. yeah so we should have uh within the next two to three weeks we should start seeing riot quest models which is pretty dope that's cool or not riot quest uh warcaster, warcaster. yeah yeah all right, so the last bit of news, though, today, just today, hot off the presses, uh, <laughs> Weird <laughs> Weird announced their nightmare box. Basically, basically,
0: at this point, Weird just basically whipped it out and said, all right, guys, we're the best. What do you got?
1: Yeah, they. they so for those who don't know, uh, Weird Miniatures makes a crew box every year for Malifaux that they typically release at Gen Con. And it is a crew box that is entirely alternate models for an existing crew. So in sure. the past, they've done things like their model McCabe as a steampunk punk band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've done uh, our, our favorite uh, um, Pied Piper uh, mm-hmm. as a cat lady. So we've had Hamlin turn into the crazy cat lady uh, and, you know, and other such. Al- nonsense. Alice Cooper. Um, Al- mm-hmm. Oh, right. Alice. Yep. Cooper Alice not as our, about it. It's not the, dark about the carnival.
0: best one.
1: Yep. Yep. So, this year uh, it it is uh, amazing. Um, it is going to be a all cyberpunk Mei Fang box. Yeah. So Mei Fang is a dual faction Arcanist Ten Thunders master uh, who specializes in movement shenanigans, and they've done her all up in her and her and her crew in like very very cyberpunk uh, vibes, and it's awesome. Like pinks and yellows all the card art is redone the cards are actually done in a brand new format with a new like cyberpunk looking
2: font huh. uh, i'm looking at them now these the, are awesome
1: mm-hmm. oh they're so good i love that Mei uh, Fang's i
2: has got like freaking she's she's blowing a bubble she's
1: blowing a bubble I yeah and, and if you look at her totem her totem is like a robot that's controlled by an angry fish yep <laughs> uh, with the same name as one of my
0: dogs yeah,
1: it's amazing the, it's like a, I, I was like, "Welp, I guess I didn't need that money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and you have to know that a rail golem is coming too, Right. And I really hope that the rail golem is like a like that they, they go with the Ten Thunders cyberpunk sort of inspiration. So the rail golem will have even though it's technically an Arcanist model, I know, but I'm hoping it'll have some like giant sort of like. Ashigaru samurai look going on to him. Oh man, that I, is so I Honestly, ass.
2: so I, I mean, I haven't played Malfo in forever. I will probably buy this just for King Cry- Crybaby. The cowboy bebop hairdo on that dude is killing me. I love it. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. The whole
0: box is awesome. Well, if you uh, if you decide that, let me know because I want, I want I want Spritzy. I'm not splitting it. I would just
2: buy the whole box. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh
1: so that's coming out I think July 30. So the, the July 30 is the start of the Gen Con sale. They'll probably have lots of other deals and things up, but I know for sure I'm buying that Nightmare box. Like there's just no way. Yeah. I have to have the it. The Nightmare Box it's, it's is exactly my aesthetic. I mean, I for Christ's sakes guys, I painted a cyberpunk crew for for Star Breach, right? Like my pink, blue and black stuff. So I I just I need that box. I need it so bad.
2: Um the Nightmare boxes usually are somewhere around what 70 bucks, right?
1: Yeah, 75, 80. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes pushing 100 if they're 100. something. Well, yeah, it was like I think the, the, McCabe, the, the, McCabe, McCabe, the McCabe one, but the, yeah. that, there was, those models were huge. Huge.
1: <laughs> yeah. It had three mounted models. <laughs> yeah. 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 And
0: also some of the tiniest pieces ever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, it's weird. Anyway, though. So that's, that's game news. Uh, yeah. At least and lots of saw. it. Yeah. Uh, and now let's get on to the main topic, you guys, Grim Dark Future. The, yeah. the reason that we're we're here tonight to chat. Uh so we talked about 40k, uh 9th edition a bit last week. We went through the book, and I, you know, I actually weighed the pros and cons to giving this game Grim Dark Future our normal rundown, like the the format that we did for Infinity and stuff. I don't think that's fair. <clears throat> Given the way that we did the 40K, I think we should probably review of the book the same way, just kind of go through page by page and touch on what we see and, and give people an idea how it plays based on the, the way that the rule book is is laid out.
2: Sounds about right. Um,
1: That's fine. Yeah. I support that. Okay. Cool, cool. So we'll do that. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about one page rules, because while everybody is familiar with Games Workshop, one page, one page rules, I think, is very obscure. Yes. All right. So, One Page Rules is a company that is entirely supported by Patreon at this point. Uh, and how it works is they have four rule systems right now. So they have their they basically have a fantasy rule set, and they have a grimdark rule set, and then there is a skirmish and a large battle version for each of those, and then there is also a full rank and flank square bases version of the fantasy game too. Okay, which is cool, and, right? And the rules for those games, the the one-page, the one-sheets, because all of these games do have one-sheets that you can play the game off a single front-and-back printed page, Uh, those are free. And then also the basic rule sets, which are typically about 15 pages, are all also free, as are the army lists free. So... If you have a collection of Games Workshop or Mantic models, because most of the Mantic factions are represented here too, uh, in their army lists, you can go get the army list, you can get the rules, and you can actually just play the game, and that's it. That's all you need. They even have paper dolls that for the the base factions, they have uh, paper standees that you can print out that actually print and fold with the right size bases.
0: Yeah, I saw that. That's I
1: didn't. Amazing. Yeah, I didn't.
2: I didn't see that. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep, so that's all there. So if you want to get into hobby Wargaming, they have it for you at every level. Very nice. Um, so A, that's cool, right? And then also they have three Patreon tiers. They have a $3 tier, a $5 tier, and a $10 tier. Um, I'm currently in the $3 tier and can highly recommend it, and we'll talk about why later. Uh, but when you do the $3 tier, you get the full rule books, which upgrade you from 15 to 31, 32, 33-ish page Rule books, uh, and then you also every month get a new army in 2D standees. So like this month is 2D sisters. Hmm. So you can get you can uh, so I can download now sheets of sisters to print out and play. So cool, pretty sweet, right? So if you head up to five dollars. Uh, $5 gets you alpha rule sets for the games that are currently in development by one page rules. Right now, that's their ship to ship combat a la Battlefleet Gothic game. Hmm. Uh, and then also you get narrative scenarios. You get an additional color in your 2D prints for that month. So there's you get, instead of just the sisters, you have two different sort of chapter options for the sisters. Uh, and then you also get a list builder an automatic point calculator list builder for the, for $5 a month. And then if you go up to $10 a month, $10 a month is really fascinating because at $10 a month, you get access to STL files and they have a full crew of digital sculptors that are providing stuff for the army of the month. So this year or this month, they have battle sisters, battle sister, bikers, battle sister, fanatics, and uh beastman assassins are the, the things that you can do for July. And that changes every month, so they have brand new 3D STLs files. So if you're the kind of person who has who's like doing doing the full DIY war game thing, uh, $10 a month gets you all the rules you need, and then every month you'll be able to get the files to print a new army.
2: Hmm. Oh, that's cool.
0: So what? Uh, how long before they're sued by GW is my question. <laughs>
1: I don't know because I don't think they're actually stepping on a lot of the copyrights here I think they've been really careful yeah to, I mean to...
2: looking through so the so since the army rule or all the armies are on free for online and like I'm looking at them and obviously you can tell who who's who I mean you've got elven jesters you know harlequins Harlequins uh, yeah dwarf guilds squats um,
1: yeah, and that's those are Mantic those those actually translate to the Forge Fathers, the Mantic model one. Oh, okay. All the
2: all the profiles, yeah yeah, 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 like yeah, but yeah, squats, havoc brothers, chaos, chaos, mm-hmm. um, human defense guard, right. So I mean, yep. they, there's, I mean, the only one that I've seen that's kind of towing the line. Um, I mean, their artwork is a little some of their artwork derivative yeah, yeah. Some, some of their the, artwork is the, very like the tau stuff is very much tau um yeah and th- now that's the one i c- that is the only one where i can see them potentially getting sued on because it is tau it's just spelled differently it's t-a-o instead of t-a-u and it's an
1: acronym instead of t-a-u right, right. yeah but the the thing that but like i said they're being very clever and i think if they were gonna get c indeed it would have already happened like Games Workshop doesn't F around, right? When people mess right. with their stuff, like if you look at the the people who blatantly rip off their, like exactly rip off their aesthetic and print basic, basically models that are almost one-to-one copies of existing Games Workshop models, those things get shut down immediately. Right. Like Games Workshop doesn't mess around. So this, I don't think this is going anywhere. I think they're being very careful to be able to stay around and not have Games Workshop mess with them. Um, and... Uh, you know, if it gets shut down, you know, then I stop giving them $3 a month, whatever. Doesn't matter, you know?
2: Right. So, the one thing I want to know um, is, you know, obviously they've got, you know, some direct correlations between the armies that are in two different gaming systems. How quick are they about getting, you know, new armies out there? So, like, you know, uh, I won't, sisters aren't new, but like if, if they were to, to come out with, you know, some new rule set for, um, they make up a new faction. Like how quick are they to get out those rules for those new factions?
1: So I'm pretty new to the game, right? Like I, I've only been following these guys for like two or three months. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit hard, I think, for me to really easily tell you that. But what I can tell you is that looking into the army sets for the fantasy game uh, the deep sea elves <laughs> are already there uh, as are the ghostly undead and the uh, sky city dwarves right so the three <laughs> newest armies no, for AOS No, you got the, are there the
2: new elf faction that just came out
1: and we'll see how fast that yeah. comes in right so the Lumineth just there you go. That's like, we haven't even seen all the models for the Lumineth yet um, but like the kingdom of angels is in here. Right. So, and you know, that's the, your Sigmarines, right? Like everything is here. Um, yeah,
2: I guess the other, the other, oh no.
1: I mean, if, if you want to talk about it, they actually had the, it's called the ossified undead and that's the outside of the Luminet. That's the ossiarch bone reapers, right? So the newest AOS faction is already in this game. Uh, and they also have the night stalkers which is the newest faction for Kings of War represented here too
2: wow. right so i mean i guess the the other <laughs> part of it is is you know how quickly will they get new models in here you know necrons and space marines are getting you know a bunch we'll, of new models we'll see
0: right yeah. we'll
1: see but i don't but think it takes them
0: like after looking at it i don't think there's like too much translation they need
1: to do yeah it's a little bit probably a little bit of translation a little bit of testing but i i I honestly i'm not even that worried about that oh i'm not worried it's a full game as it is right yeah uh, the way the way it's there
2: i'm not worried it was just more along the lines of looking at another company that like star breach that's you know that does a really good job of translating you know models that are in other gaming systems into their system you know, and providing you the, just the, you know basically making their money off buying the rules um you know how quickly are they able to translate these new models that people like oh shiny I want to play with these but I don't want to play GW's rule set because I don't like it I like my grim dark rule set how quickly can I play with my new shinies in that
1: well the thing is, is it's miniatures agnostic right so you can just say these count as this and it's fine right
2: right
0: um I mean but, but I, I'm know I think, real- I think, no I think see. Chris is asking the other way not, hey, I have these cool models. Where do they fit in? Right? Like, yeah, hey. he, he's
1: saying how fast do they fit in the new models. And right. it seems, like, fast. Like, the Osiarck Bone Reapers came out during the holiday season last year, right? Or just before the holiday season last year. So, I mean, six months, even if it's that long, doesn't feel like that long.
2: Right. I mean, because, like, looking at the, you know, because the nice thing about, um, you know, since I only play Primaris Marines, the nice thing is the, the Prime Brothers is only the Primaris, you know, uh, Marines in right. like their data sheets. And right now, they've got everything in there, with the exception of the five, six new units that are in Dominus Crusade. It, it's all there. You've got your librarian, you've got your banner bearer, you've got your lieutenant. Yeah, it's all
1: there, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah,
2: they're all there. And then...
1: Well... Let's uh let's dive into it, huh? Let's start talking about the game.
0: Let's do it. Good? Yep. All right. So
1: talking about Grim Dark Future. Um, we're gonna focus mainly on the free rules here. That will we'll hit on the things that you you get when you get the full rule book for three dollars a month. Um, but I feel like because there is a paywall and because this is a small company that deserves your cash, I'm not going to go, we're not going to go into the, the nitty gritty of those rules. If you want to get those rules, throw these guys the bucks, man, they deserve it. And if you think you like this game, I think we'll be able to sell you on what those extra features are without going into the super specifics. Um, but also, as a parody comparison for what's on the games workshop site with ninth edition, you don't get all the missions and all the stuff in the ninth edition free rules either. You just get the core rule, right? So we'll talk about this in terms of what you get for free on their website. Which allows us to talk
0: one for one of the ninth edition rules that we've seen to this.
1: And, and one thing we've already hinted on, or this sort of just is all over games workshop is that you get the army list for every army just for free without having to buy codexes. But that's, that's a whole other story. Um, but getting into it, we're going to just go through the rule book the same way we did. Um, so let's just start, let's dive right in and we'll start talking about the general principles uh, of Grim Dark Future. Um, so, right off the bat, basically, basing standards, you're using 28 millimeter bases or, or 20 millimeter models on round bases. They basically say use the bases your models came with. So, common sense, right? Uh, unit stats. So, Basically, the way that stats in this game works is you have your units name and then in brackets, how many models belong in a unit for that model. So you'll have like Primaris Brothers five. That means there's five brothers in a unit. Uh, Then you have the single stat in this game quality. So rather than having weapon skill and strength and toughness and all that stuff, it's broken down into two skills here: quality and defense. So quality is what you use for attacking and morale test, and defending is defense is your save value. So there isn't any more like what's your defense? What's my strength? Da 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 da. It's really just quality test against the the, the what you're firing on. Then they roll a dice to see if they save, and that's it. Just done done done. Um, then you have equipment. So then equipment will tell you the weapons and melee that the, that your guys, you guys are equipped with so that you know what to do with them. Uh, you have special rules and the special rules in this game are universal special rules, which we'll get into a little more in depth other than to say, hallelujah, universal special rules, two thumbs up for me. Um, what upgrade tier they have and how much they cost. So that's what you see as your standard units for this game. So those are your core stats game uses d6s you will occasionally have d3 and 2d6 rolls and then they talk about a quality test so a quality test is just like a number up just like you were if you were playing any other war game if you see a three plus that means you roll a d6 and on a three plus you succeed have i covered it
0: yeah i think i think that is that's the simpleness of it right there
1: Yeah. It's real easy. Um, the next page, they talk about how modifiers work. So, you know, your pluses or minuses also noting that natural sixes are always successes and natural ones are always fails. Um, so cool, but also pretty normal. Mm -hmm. Um, they talk about weapons. They talk about measuring distances. Like this is all the stuff where we talked about the sort of etiquette in the 40 K book. This is the etiquette part of this. It's telling you how to measure like to measure, you know, either front to front or back to back, but not front to back because then you're cheating. <laughs> right. Um, they talk about line of sight. Line of sight in this game is very simple. Uh, it's just if you can see the model and your model isn't behind obfuscating terrain, you can see them <laughs> like uh, it's pretty simple. And then cover is actually determined by uh, rather than like, can I see a fraction of your model? Cover is actually determined by terrain type. So s- terrain types Offer cover if you're behind or in them.
0: Makes sense. I like it.
1: Yep. Very simple. LOS is just can I see you or not. Doesn't care about cover or any of that. Um, so then we get into the preparation stuff. So, uh, in preparation, we're talking about building the battlefield. Uh, so this is basically the core rules here is it goes into a single scenario, much like there's a single scenario in the 40 K ninth edition book. There's a single scenario in the free rules for grimdark future, uh, plays on a six by four. The, your single, uh, game is an objective based game where you have D three plus two objectives. So a minimum of three objectives with a maximum of five, uh, and you alternate placing them outside of the deployment zones. So you'll put three to five objective markers down and then fight over them. The basic mission is that if you, at the end of a round, uh, if a unit is within three inches of a marker while there's no enemies around, that marker is seized. And then you don't need to be near it anymore. It's sort of like you put your marker on it and now you have it seized until another model would either, would, would, go onto it to contest it, to become neutral, and then they could seize it on a following turn. Makes right. sense? Yep. Um, cool. Oh no, you would steal it. Or if you're both contesting it, then it gets neutraled. Um, so that's, uh, how to do that. And then it shows you how to prepare your army. Uh, it says that your basic army is 750 points. That doesn't mean a lot in this game without us going into point costs, but 750 points in this game is about a start collecting box from 40 K for in most cases. Um, so a start collecting box is often what you need to start playing. Uh, It notes that you can combine units. So when we talked earlier and you look at a unit of Prime Brothers 5, you can merge multiple units. But the thing that's risky about merging units that we haven't talked about yet is coherency. So you have to think about coherency when you do stuff like merging units and you're never going to get big death stars because of the coherency Mm -hmm. rules. Uh, then it goes into deploying. Uh deploying in this game isn't I deploy my army and your army. It's you roll off the winner starts deploying first, which is they are deploying one unit and then you alternate units.
0: Yeah, yeah it I used to that. be a thing in 40k, didn't it? Or was Might that Yeah, I think, yeah, was I think it was.
1: But here it but it is it's unit by unit here. So you just you you just you deploy unit by unit until you're fully deployed.
0: Yeah, I always feel like there was alternating deployment. Maybe
2: like back and forth or fifth? Eh,
1: I don't don't know. I I just know that's what it is here. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) So, guys, playing the game. This is where we get into a big, big, huge, cataclysmic departure from 40k. So, uh, in playing the game, they break it down into rounds, turns, activation. So, a round is made up of multiple turns. A turn is made up of a single activation. A single activation is made up of an action that you take with a unit. And in this game... You alternate activations. So there is no, I activate all my shit. You activate all your shit. This game is activate a unit, activate a unit. Like, I activate a unit, you activate a unit, and you use activation markers to know who's activated and who hasn't. Yay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Can we, like, just, yeah, sit with that yay. (laughs) Like, it's just oh man it, it that that to me is a it's a big selling point of this game I love alternating activations I've long said that alternating activations would work in a 40k game uh and this game I think goes a long way to prove it um and this is a four round game so you go four full rounds of oh, activations miss, in this game and that's when you finish I
2: missed that part I, I figured it I just assumed it was like the standard six turn I missed that five, it was four six
1: or five yeah right? it's four rounds in this game. Uh, the game's designed to play in a you know quicker frame time frame. So uh, let's talk about activating. In the core rulebook, your models when you activate, you have four options. you can hold, advance, rush or charge. Uh, so hold the unit can shoot, they don't move. Uh, advance they can your unit can move six inches and can shoot after they move. You can take a rush order, which allows you to move 12 inches, but you can't shoot. Uh, And you can do a charge order, which allows you to move 12 inches, but you must get into base contact with an enemy and you cannot shoot at any point. And you have to get at least one model into base contact with your target. And that's it. Those are your four actions. Um, Pretty simple, right? It's like... Straightforward. I activate a unit and do one of those four things. You activate a unit and do one of those four things, and you go back and forth.
2: Yeah, it seems pretty
0: standard. Okay, let me let me ask something because yeah. I I I thought of this and then I was going to really dig for it and find out, uh, but I figured I could just ask you. Um, what's the advantage to holding?
1: Uh, if you want to stay on an objective,
0: right? But what I what I mean is there any like do you get bonuses to shooting like i don't understand like i i really don't understand like why that's even a a thing like i didn't see it's so that
1: you don't have to take an advance order you like don't have to move right like it's it's just the it's the option to just stand still and fire from where you are
0: well yeah because i know like well on the advance do you have to move hmm? do you are you obligated to move because it's like up to six inches right
1: i mean i guess you're not no
0: uh, right, and, but it, and, and so what it, I'm saying is, like, like what I'm thinking is that hold, if you choose hold, you can't even, like, shift or turn or anything like that. Granted, there's no firing marks. Um, but
1: also think of it for the sake of, it's not necessarily the tactical, but the expediency, right? Like, I'm not moving with this unit. So it's just the order that allows you to be like, this unit's just firing, right?
0: I guess, because it's just as easy to say, I'm moving, I, I'm moving staying here
1: like why have
0: that extra thing if it doesn't do anything well because i know well it,
1: it i will tell you this it does matter in the context of the advanced rules uh but like for the for the basic thing it's just like yeah my guys are holding they're not moving
0: well where uh where what what's it how does it matter in the advanced rules but let's
1: just let's get through the the core rules and we'll start we'll talk about how it matters in the advanced rules
0: Okay. Or how it might
1: matter. And really the way that it the way that it matters is that you have to hold if you are uh if you are um god damn it, I can't if if you're pinned. So if we think of it from morale, if you have the if you're pinned, the only action you can take is holding. So in th- why the in when thinking about the rules for pinning, you couldn't be like if you are pinned, you have to take the advance action without moving or shooting, right? Like it's, if you're pinned, you have to take hold and you can't shoot.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, okay. I think that's dumb, but okay.
1: Well, I mean, how would you handle pinned then?
0: Right. You can't move as part of being pinned and you, I mean, there's so much underpinned anyway, which is, which should be in the free, Section of the
1: rules, it is. But what it's saying is, if you're pinned, the only action, the spe- you have to just spend your action holding and 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 not shooting. That's it. You just do nothing.
0: Right. But, but, but that's I, I get. I understand where
1: you're coming payment. from, Paul. I'm just trying to say, like, it. It seems like we're belaboring a point that's not all that important, other than to say that you have this this action you can take for the sense. I mean, mainly for the the sense of that you can just say, "My unit's holding and firing." because that is a thing you do in these games like you don't always move your units every right i
0: understand i just i just don't understand why you have to have a whole thing for it i mean
1: it's 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 a sentence <laughs> it's uh it's not that uh it's not that big but let's talk about the th- other thing on that page that is important which is coherency um so we talked about coherency in 40k last week right And the way that coherency worked in in 40K is you have to be within two inches of your fellow units. And if your unit is larger than six, you have to be within two inches of two guys. And the difference here is that your models have to be within two inches of each other, but they also have to be within six inches of every other model.
2: Yeah, I like that. So,
1: yeah. So coherency here is saying basically your models have to within two inches of each other, but also they can't be more than six inches from one another, um, which again is another way to prevent the conga line. And again, and I think the nice thing about it here is it also prevents tar balls.
2: Tar, tar balls?
1: Yeah, Death Stars. Oh, Death balls, Stars. Big okay. pits. Yeah, just big pits of gross. Yeah. Um, you don't have that as much here. Which is
0: good. I like that. Right, because you're, you're eventually going to run out of space to put models from the unit. Right. Exactly. I think it's. I think it's better than what GW did for Ninth Edition. To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I do too.
1: It it almost makes up
0: for hold being a thing. <laughs> <Which is correct. laughs>
1: oh, oh, we're never going to get Paul over the hold hump.
2: No, it's going to be the hell he dies on.
1: Yep. Let's talk I'm about hold on to movie. that hill, damn it. That's fine.
2: It's fine. It is a weird thing.
1: And I'm sure if we had a designer on, they could talk more to the point. But um, let's talk about shooting. So shooting in this game is really simple. Uh, When you take the when you take the action and you're going to shoot the models in your unit that can fire are units that have line of sight to the target unit. So if your guy has target has line of sight to the target, they can fire. Um, if legit. you have multiple weapon types, the different weapons can fire at separate targets, but everything with a similar weapon must fire at a similar target. So easy come, easy go, right? Not, not hard to follow the rules here. Uh, the shooting sequence is determine the number of attacks. So we've basically done that with who can shoot, right? Look at the uh, attack value for each of those units that can't shoot because some weapons can fire more than once per turn uh or have more than one attack so you sum those from the weapons and then you roll dice so you roll once to hit that's your quality test so you roll in your d6 against your quality everything that beats your quality is a hit um and for every hit that is taken the defending value rolls a test against their defense anything that fails is a wound then you remove casualties defenders priority is on who who is removed quick and easy man
0: yep yeah, and it's 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 amazing how much quicker it makes it when you're not looking at strength and toughness. Yeah, and you're not doing hit wound it, save. It's it's what taking out a, a whole whole section of rolling.
1: Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole it's, it takes out an entire roll, and it takes out a section of thinking. There's a whole section of accounting that's gone. Yeah. That I mean, yeah, it does a little bit, but for the sake of how the game works, it like especially in in, in this game, it doesn't do enough. Um, to justify having that extra role. Yep,
0: I, I I definitely agree with you on that.
1: Um. So then we go into melee. Uh, melee is, you know, after the result of the charge, you get in, you have someone in base contact who can strike our models in base contact and those models within two inches of models in base contact. Um, so, or uh, within two inches of the target unit, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, th- they can hit. Uh, it's also, you have to note that if you're in, if you are taking the melee action, you can only hit against models that you are attacking, right? So, like, if you have the situation where you have a model in base contact and you could hit that unit and then behind you there's another guy within two inches that you're also there, but it's a different unit, you you have to attack the guys that your unit is attacking.
2: That seems fair. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Only the target unit. Uh, the melee sequence, much like the uh, firing sequence, is determined number of attacks, roll to hit, roll to block, remove casualties. Pretty simple. Yep. Straightforward. Uh, the difference here, though, and the thing that I really, really like, uh, I love this aspect of the game, is return strikes. So once all the charging models that have been to, to attack can, the defending model can choose to strike back. And this works the same way. The the defending player just gets a sequence. the The same way that the attacking player did. And they get to hit back. And that's awesome. And the main reason this works is that the stipulation in this game is that once a model has attacked in melee for the first time in a round, any other time they would strike, they're on six pluses. So... Say I've already attacked – you've charged me and attacked me in melee, right? And I strike back and hit you and then it's my activation. If I activate that same model and attack you, I hit on sixes and your return strikes are on sixes because our guys are tired, right? Right. But also if you think about it tactically – and you are pincering an opponent. You can charge in and hope that they hit back, and then charge in off a separate flank. And then that unit is only looking at six pluses in the return strikes.
0: And you also, if they if they hold off, right, so this way they can attack stronger against that other unit. You can not charge in with that unit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then they've not killed anything.
1: Yep. So very cool. I think that return the way that they've worded return strikes and the way that the rule works opens opens up a ton of tactical depth in the in the melee area Mm -hmm. of this game, and melee has always been important in the the sort of grim dark the way that we have all grown up with it. You know, chain swords and like chain stealers and choppas. Right, like getting in there is important, and I think that they've handled combat resolution really well here. Um, the, the next part of it though, uh, is that once you've done it and you, once you've done it and your opponent is either struck back or not, you total who caused the most wounds and the person who caused the most wounds is considered the winner. And then the opposing unit has to take a morale check. And we'll talk about morale checks soon. Um, if the units are tied, no need to morale check. That's it though. But basically one of the ways that morale is triggered in this game is via melee because it's horrific, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: All right. And then you have con- con- consolidation moves. So once a combat's done, um, the defending unit, uh, if they weren't completely destroyed, moves back an inch. And then if they were, if either unit was completely destroyed, the non-destroyed model gets to move uh, three inches. So those are your consolidations in the game.
0: So what, one of the things that I find very interesting about that, Kevin, is that you're not necessarily getting locked into combat.
2: No, you are you're not. not. Which, is a, which
0: is a pretty big change.
1: Yeah, but I like it. I think it's good. I think that's a good change.
2: Oh, no. Yeah, it provides tactical flexibility for both players.
1: Yes. It, it means that you don't get stuck in and you can still shoot, right? Right.
0: Which also means that you aren't, like, if you haven't activated those guys yet, you're not stuck. You know, you can still run away or, or advance yeah. or...
1: And and it offers the designers a lot of design space, and that they can make models that don't have melee weapons or models that don't have guns.
0: Right. And you just um, never have to worry about you know getting bogged down by a stupid unit. You know, you're not exactly. be like, oh, uh, my two hundred point unit is bogged down by these you know twenty point scarabs. Right. Yep. You can always,
2: You, you are. N- yeah, you're not feeling, not worrying you're not feeling that. bad that you've got, you know, locked the, yeah, your unit that sucks at combat isn't locked into it.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: Exactly. I think that's,
0: I think that's a, that's a good way to, to make people feel good, uh, about the game without, without, you know, with, without taking, uh, you know, removing their player agency for right. their own guys. Yeah. I think that, I think that's pretty huge. That's a, that makes up for a whole
1: definitely. And we're almost through the rules, guys. We're almost through now. Uh, we have to talk about morale. So when you take morale, we talked about it once. If you lose in melee, you also take a morale check if you are have ever taken wounds that leave you with less than half your starting size.
0: Right. So um, if you're if you're if you lose half the guys in your unit.
1: You take Or in the case where you have multiple toughness so multiple wound models, it's once you're be- past half your wounds.
0: Right. And that's what I wanted to make sure we specified on
1: that. Yeah. So it's either the starting size or half your wounds are gone.
0: Yeah.
1: Because um, oftentimes vehicles vehicles can take morale checks too, right? And it's when they're down past their wounds or like monsters or you have a model – you have a unit that's three units with five wounds each, Right. Once that second model takes its third wound, that's when you're starting to take morale checks. Gotcha. Um, Now, uh, how you take a morale check, it's just a quality test. If you have to take one, you take a quality check. If you succeed the quality check, nothing happens. And if you fail, there's three options. Uh, If you failed because you uh, lost in melee or outside of melee, you're pinned. So if you failed a morale check basically because you lost units over half your guys from shooting, you get pinned. Um, if you've taken a morale test because you lost in melee and you have over half your mo- your wounds or tough value left, you're also pinned. But if you are at less than half your wounds and you fail a morale check, peace out. Your models, your units dead. They're out. They're scared. They're chicken shit. They get the fuck out. Hmm. Um, pinning is just, uh, models that are pinned only hit on unmodified sixes. So if you get pinned as a result of a melee, and uh, even if you haven't struck back yet, you're still just hitting on sixes. So it's a risk not fighting back. Right. Um, and if you activate while pinned, you do nothing but clear the pin. That's it. So boom, that's the game. well, I guess we have a little bit more. <laughs> That's most of the game. We have the terrain rules uh, and also the universal special rules. So the terrain rules are pretty easy to understand, right? They, they basically go over what the different kinds of terrains are and how those things affect the model. So like cover terrain if a majority of a model in its if a if a majority of models in a unit are behind a piece of terrain that has cover, then enemies get minus one. Easy, right? Mm-hmm. They talk about dangerous terrain, difficult terrain, basically showing that you know what you can do in those things. And you can also there's also in the advanced rules there are um, suggestions for how you combine these into rules, uh, and also these things give you suggestions and the basic rules for what make these up so cover terrain is like forest ruins sandbags dangerous terrain is like quicksand razor wire minefields etc and they talk about all that okay anything you guys wanted to
2: add there i mean i don't think i don't think so um i didn't see anything
0: no i think that i think that covers it
2: i mean it's it's very basic you know just model you know terrain rules yeah, I, I mean it's is. pretty simple, yeah.
1: but I think that was on purpose, right? They're trying to keep it, uh, keep it pretty easy uh, and keep it manageable, right? Um, but now let's talk about one of my favorite parts of this game. And that's because you might be thinking like, well, guys, 40K is great because every m- unit has tons of flavor. And I would agree. And I and I think even despite the universal special rules we're about to talk, to talk about, that's one thing 40K has over Grimdark Future is that 40K, you know, you have like dozens of space marine chapters. Even inside of like independent factions like Tyranids, you have the multiple high fleets that all have their own stratagems and their own bonuses that they give based on how you painted your models and that's a thing that you have there but in this game you do have a selection of universal special rules that really helps the developers differentiate the models and make the armies feel different um there are two pages of them uh and they cover things like um Just as an example, like the rules for armor penetration, which makes it that you get minus X. So it's like if you have AP one, it's you do minus one to your opponent's defense rolls. Or you might have furious, which is to say whenever this model charges an enemy, it gains plus one attack while it's charging or fearless. This model always gets plus one to their morale checks, et cetera, et cetera. And there's two pages of of these rules. Did you guys have a chance to read through any of them? Yeah,
2: I was looking at them right now um, because... one of the things I was trying to do while you guys were talking and, and Paul was complaining about uh, the hold rule was I was oh. trying to see if there was something in here. Because um, what I was thinking was potentially is maybe there's a negative for, you know, moving and shooting a heavy weapon like there is in 40K. And I, I thought maybe that's just what you would hold for. But I'm I'm not. I was going through the special rules and reading things and I just don't see anything in here for heavy weapons. Mm-mm. Like there's no there's no negative to shooting, no. Mm-mm. So, but I I got to I went through looked at them like I I liked um, or was it I looked at it, I think it was rending I looked at just to see what if how it was different, um. You know the nice thing is that it was it's just AP four and it ignores uh, if a a model has like regeneration As regeneration ignores it, it. ignores it yeah. yeah um, you know sniper is pretty much very close to what it is in 40k you know they just they always hit on a two plus when they're rolling to hit and they ignore cover mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and they may pick out individual targets like you can in 40k so yeah. there, there's a lot of things that are very they're different but they're the same yep but real cool yeah i mean there's like two pages of them too so i mean there's 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 plenty of rules special rules in there um i mean i guess i would have the same kind of bullet issues that i have with things like infinity in, in a game like this where i don't have my data card so i don't have all those rules now i got to refer back to a rule set to like a rule book you know at least like in wild, wild Ex- exodus wild west exodus at least we had the cards that did it and obviously you could probably make something yourself but it's it it stinks that something's not readily available from the company
0: i was gonna say yeah uh, uh i was gonna say i mean it's fairly simple to just print that no it it is it is i'm
2: just saying i I, i've gotten so used to game companies making you know your cards like Privateer press with with their games you know uh guild ball like uh, it's it's become the norm like even gw does it now like their their data cards or data sheets or whatever they're called for both you know 40k and uh age of sigmar like they they make those now where they have all their rules spelled out on them and their their data sheets for them like even they're doing it, so it's just—I guess it's me just being snobbish because I've become used to it.
1: Yeah, but here, really, all you need to have. But so, the, the, let, let me—the count, point counterpoint here is when you show up to a game of 40k, you got to have your Codex. You might have to have your psychic, psychic awakening books. You got to have your FAC. You got to have your core rule book. Um, this game, you need your army list and the rule. Oh yeah, I mean
2: no, no, that's 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 a very again, like I said, I I'm, I fully well know that I'm being a bit snobbish on it.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough.
2: Um,
1: but yeah, universe, special rules. Oh, I love them. Uh, you know, it gets, it gets, gets us into like more Malifaux territory, more, uh, like wild West Exodus, right. Where you've just got like a selection of rules that, that the, the units in the game have a different smattering of depending on what their specific tactical acumen is.
0: So here's, here's what I think is kind of funny about being excited about the special rules. Is the fact that it was a huge advancement when GW got rid of them <clears throat> because they were so overdone and so bulky? So it's it's just kind of an interesting perspective to be excited about them
1: now. Well, I, I think the 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 reason that we're excited here is that it's two pages, right? It's not like it's two pages. And then also it should be noted that every army also has a selection of them, right? So these are the universal special rules. And then there are also army special rules. Um, but the, the thing that's nice here is that you don't have any confusion about like, or you don't have any disparity between abilities being called different things, right? Like similar abilities, having different names across codexes. Right. Right.
0: Right. No, which which I fully, I fully agree with because that's the dumbass thing GW did was to get rid of the special rules and then just name them whatever the fuck they wanted.
1: wanted Instead
0: of like calling that one thing consistently throughout, Mm -hmm. um, you know, which then really creates more special rules and, and, actually you know makes you go gee i wish they would have just left you know had the special roles and just had less of them uh which, which i mean is what's going on here but like i said i just think it's interesting you know the the pendulum swings that occur you know that it was it was a pretty big deal when gw got rid of their special roles uh going into what eighth edition i guess right,
2: yeah i think and, it was eighth edition they they made that change
0: yeah and then and maybe, maybe a little bit in seventh. Uh, but yeah, but and now and now we're looking at it and, and seeing it as a good thing that they're back in some capacity,
1: they're back in a limited format, sure. Right? I yeah, 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 yeah. I,
0: which, which I think is the, the differentiating factor. Because I was I, earlier when we were talking about deployment, I pulled out my fifth edition rule book and it's like a billion pages of special rules, in, in, and that's where fifth edition was where that shit got out of yeah
2: fifth edition is where i jump shit because yeah things this like is getting that out of hand <laughs> um Sorry. i mean i think i think you know what what you're talking about paul um you know i think is is right like we're, we're we're saying hey like look you know special rules kind of things it's here and it's a good thing i think it's a good thing because it's unified i think if it was going down the route of where what malpho was at at the end of second edition where there were so many so many things that were the same but different, like, you know, Sib- oh, what was it, is it Sybil or whatever, that, that madam that was in your Nicodem list, where her, um, she had an ability that my, uh, uh, what, what was his name, freaking, um, the... Ten Thunders, uh, Never Born. I
1: mean, the important part is they did the same thing, but were called different names, right? right? Yeah, yeah,
2: they, 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 but they were they did the same thing, but they were different enough, like you know. So, so the
0: one, the one that I can think of, Chris, is uh, I think you're thinking of the Bells who had yeah. counts. Um, yeah, and and yours, your your girls had that, but had a, a no. You're thinking of the of lore. The lore. They the had lore. lore, but it was a different stat. The, the, where it got really crazy was with the bells, where they had pounce. There was a gremlin with pounce, but they functioned differently. Right. right? The the pounce for the bells was a, a melee attack, and the pounce for the gremlins was a magic attack. So right. it was like a completely different but they were, and yeah, that's they where were, that got crazy. They were crazy. called
2: the exact same thing. Right,
0: but they were still a pounce, and that's, and that's the downside.
2: Right. You know, and, that, and, that's, and that's what I, do. that's when, when games like, cause that's one of my criticisms of Crisis Protocol because they have the same thing, like strike. In the game, multiple characters have strike. Not everybody's strike is exactly the same. Right. But it's the same, the, the rules name is exactly the same. And it does, typically they usually do similar things, but some of them will let you, you know, earn energy. Some of them don't. Right. So it, the one thing I, I like, yes, special rules are in this game but they're universal. Everyone's special rules are exactly the same. Fear is fear. Flying is flying. Aircraft is aircraft. It's the exact same thing.
0: So, sure. And, 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 and I do like that. And and that was, that I was not trying to be critical of that. It was just one of those funny observations of like, Oh shit. Remember when right bridge farm remembers. So, right.
2: And, <laughs> and again, the only thing I'm saying is that I think it's a good thing because it's universal. That's why right. I, it's, I, it's, I like
0: it. It's the middle ground between right. the ridiculous amount of special rules that GW had at one point. Correct. And what, where they are now, which is a ridiculous amount of similar things having a slight wording change and then mm-hmm. being called something completely different. So if you don't play that army, you might not know what it is. Right. And you could. You could be informed of it if it was the same name.
2: Or, you know, going into a game and going, oh, cool, I've got that ability, too, and then finding out, like, three turns later. No, they're very different. Right,
0: exactly. Yep, I agree.
1: All right, well, guys, let's let's get into army lists a little bit so we can talk about the fact that this game comes with, like, when you, when you go to the website, you have 4, 8, 12, 16, 22, 26, 27 army lists.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot.
1: Holy shit, there's a lot. Like just right off the bat. Um and I'm going to dive into one. I'm going to dive into the since since they're fresh on my mind with a new 40k box coming out, the Robot Legions, uh aka Necrons.
0: Good because um, that's the one that I looked at since that's what I put.
1: That's your army. Yep.
0: <laughs> so we'll talk about it a little
1: bit. And you look at your your guys and it's pretty easy. I think as a Necron player, uh, Ball, you you can pretty much uh you can know figure what out these what guys are pretty quickly. Yep. Yeah, death marks are snipers, right? It's pre- it's pretty easy to know what's what. Yep. Uh, your annihilator is your big dude with the cape. Can't think of his name. Yeah, I, Over- I I did enjoy the
0: like I think they're called hover bikes or whatever. Is that your destroyers? Yeah. No, no, it's the it's the uh, I don't remember what they're called in okay, 4K, but the little crescent moon shape. Kind oh of yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The dudes that are like their heads are plugged into the steering wheels. Yeah, right, right, yeah, right. Um. But yeah, so Necrons, we'll talk about it a little bit. So you can see, you've got like, just an example, your Warriors, you can see five. Five in a unit. Their quality and defense is 3-3 three, three up. So they hit on threes, they save on threes. And a thing you'll note in this game is that generally the defenses skew better because there aren't wound rolls. So right. this, I was waiting to, to make this point until we got here. Is that like, you might have been thinking about the lethality, like without the wound rolls, man, shit's just going to get rocked. And there are units that have four up, five up, six up defenses, but typically they're much cheaper to field. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so that's the compensating control, right? Um, And in general, the defenses skew higher. and we'll talk about the fact that you see it and you see like, for example, with your warriors, Gauss Rifles, 24A1 rending. So that means they're 24 inch range, one attack per model, the model that has rending, which is in those universal special rules. And in close combat weapons, they just get one attack. Easy. They're fearless. Regeneration is slow as their they're special rules. So that's easy to note. And then what you look at to the right of that is you see upgrades D. And underneath your army list is a key of upgrade basically upgrade tiers a through whatever you need. So you go down to D and then you can see warriors can be upgraded with flame casters, plasma casters, or fusion casters. Right. And you can replace one model with that extra weapon done. Yeah. Simple. Easy peasy.
0: I like, I like the way they did that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's real nice. Nice. Uh, also on here they show you the psychic abilities because you will see that psychic is also an ability and that's how it works right it's like it's psychic and a value to show you how many of the spells that you get and then it shows you the options for the spells you have as well as their manifestation value which is the value you need to to roll on your d6 to cast what i like about that is that
0: you're not taking up a whole phase of the game per psychics, right right you just you they're just your attack
1: is that you use your psychic spells um, so, boom, that's simple, right? Um, also, special rules. Like, you can see here, like, you you know, you've got flux as a special rules, and you'll note that there are weapons like the flux rifles, which are upgrades for the immortals, which are called Eternals in this game. Um, the flux rifles have the flux rule, and what that says is that um, any natural six causes four hits.
0: Yeah, that's pretty nice.
1: Um, and those are all here. And then regen protocols. This hero. So if you have a hero that has the regen protocol, that means anyone he attaches to uh, may ignore wounds from a generation on a plus four. Hmm. So that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Not a bad deal. Yeah. Yep.
2: Uh,
1: but yeah, that's. Uh, and then you see what you pay to take those upgrades. Right. right. Um, but real easy, man. And all. All of these things uh, are simple, easy to understand. And again, there are over 25 of them. So if you want to play your whatever army it is, you can play it. Uh, And I think that 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 number I said is even deceptive because a few of these have multiple army lists in them, Um, like the Battle Brothers Detachments actually has lists for Blood Angels, Dark Angels, uh, Death Watch, Custodians, Grey Knights. Uh, And then there's a chaos demons that has the lists for all of the demons for all of the different chaos gods.
0: Which is kind of nice.
1: Yeah, Um, it's really cool. And like another thing that's neat is if you go into so we haven't even talked about Grimdark Future Firefight, which is the skirmish version. But the skirmish army list for this game has a gangs army list and it has army lists to use in firefight for all the Necromunda armies. Cool. Hmm. Um. So you can use your Necromunda models to play Grimdark Future Firefight. That's cool. But yeah. Yeah, man. Real cool. And, and I, the advantage that I want to note this over 40K again is that, like, you don't have to buy codex on codex on codex. Now you can still buy the codex because in my – so in my opinion, when I'm playing Grimdark Future, this is the game that I'm playing instead of 40K but not in spite of it, right? So I'm – it's still 40K to me. Like – I'm playing with my custodians, and they're fucking custodians in 40k. I'm just using these rules. So if you want to buy your codex for all the fluff, man, do it.
2: Right. I mean, I think one thing that it loses, I mean, is that I mean, we. So looking at you, know, me being a marine player, uh, you know, looking at you know the Battle Brothers, there are rules for Space Wolves. There are rules for Blood Angels and in and, 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 uh, and Dark Angels. Dark Angels. So you can get those those flaws, but there aren't any Ravenwing. There's no White Scars. There's no Imperial Fist. There's fists, right? You know, so yeah, yeah, the, yeah they definitely looked at fists. the people that have the full on codexes that aren't like supplement codexes, like Imperial Fist or Ravenwing, or not Raven uh, Raven Guard or you know White Scars and, and those armies. Um, so that's that's where I think you lose some of the flavor. But it is I get that. But I, I but I do agree that like it's it's awesome that yeah, you know, everything is just boom, it's right there. You've got everything. It's a trade-off, right?
1: You lose you do lose some of the personality. Um you lose the all the stratagems um that you have that Mm -hmm. are specific to your armies and there there are command points and and stratagems in this game but they're only in the advanced rules and they aren't there aren't they're not different for every army there's just a couple different flavors of them
2: yeah and i did see that in the advanced rules um it's just yeah
0: well i'm gonna i'm gonna counter i'm gonna counterpoint you on on this a little bit here how dare you how um It's free. Yes. No, I'm not not
2: faulting it for that. And I get that. I'm just saying, you know, if, if someone is looking at, you know, why play this versus not play this, I will say that if you are looking for something to supplement your GW game, because maybe you don't like a specific rule or for whatever reason, your meta shifts to this, you know, just beware that you are going to lose some of that flavor if you are someone like me that plays one of these, you know, these alternate alternate space marine factions that don't get their own full book. Yes, Imperial Fist, Raven Guard, White Scars. they have books that give them their, their artifacts, their special, their 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 armies stratagems and things like that. You're gonna lose that flavor. It's not a right. negative, it's just beware. That's
1: the trade-off. It's a trade-off. Right, right. This game it, it beca- this game is much more streamlined, much simpler to get on the table and play, I'll say. And I think the depth in this game is enough, right? Like I don't I, because I play so many miniatures games, I think I, I, I think this game is perfect for me because it gives me that 40k flavor without having to invest all the money in all the books and all the rules overhead to keep everything straight in my brain like it's just here and available and free and easy to understand and digest
0: so here's here's the thing this is basically uh warhammer code one fair
2: uh yeah i mean looking at the rules i mean i think i made the comment before we started recording it's it to me it looks the rule set looks like an amalgamation of what fourth edition did really well and what eighth edition did really well and combine yeah. the, the two of them together cuz yeah there's def- there's
0: definitely a lot of classic uh Warhammer stuff happening. Right like fourth edition
2: to me is the gold for me is the golden age of of 40k to me that's when 40k was at its prime it was at it, again for me that it's best eighth edition did a really good job of bringing 40k into modern miniatures, wargaming rule sets, which again, not a bad thing. It did some and good things. It did This some is bad the best
1: things. of both worlds, yeah, right? I this agree. is the, this is the classic touch with the modern conventions. Like
2: yeah. I, for, for me, the, the way that I would really like this is bring in your, you know, add in an extra tier with your Patreon. You know, you said what max is five right now, 10, 10, bring in a $15 one that, that allows you to get access to paid army rules that add in those flavors. And I would be, I would pay fifty dollars for it. Well, let, let's, let's real quick, since you
1: mentioned that, I want to talk about it because we haven't sold this fully right mm-hmm. on the, I think on that we've done that we've done what's, what's free and what's totally available. But I want to talk about why you'd pay $3 a month. So if you're thinking about $36 a year, um, basically you think of that, that's, two years for your core rule bit for 40k if you're buying the, the, the thing. Mm-hmm. And then if you think about your book, your general's handbook, your codex and your narrative events, you're still cheaper mm-hmm. oh. than just buying the books to play 40k yep. to play Grimdark Future, right? Um, you have a game here where all the armies are already internally balanced and it's not like flavor of the month is the best thing. It's like the armies are balanced both internally to themselves and amongst uh, out uh, about the game. So that's another thing you get here, but we haven't talked about the extra rules you get. So when you pay that $3 a month, I will just briefly touch on the things that you get. So you get a full page for terrain definitions and placement. So it shows you in much more detail how to lay out terrain and what your terrain should count as. You also get six ter- six deployment styles. So rather than your default deployment style, there are five additional deployment styles for your 6 by4 table. There are five additional missions. So rather than just your, your what's called Duel, which is the standard mission, you also get Seize Ground, Relicant, Sabotage, Breakthrough, and King of the Hill as mission uh, different missions you can play. You now also get Side Missions. So Side Missions changes the way to scoring to VPs uh, and then allows you to do both shared and hidden secondary objectives. And rules for playing them: shared, hidden, shared, and hidden. Uh, so, one per side, multiple per side, one shared, one hidden, etc. So basically, what that comes down to is, if you
0: ever wanted to play Malibu in the 40k world, <laughs> here you go.
1: Yeah, because you, you can definitely do that. Yep. If you if if you play shared and hidden, shared and hidden, free, that means that each of you are going to have you're going to have one com. You're going to have your main mission, one common side objective and each have one hidden one. Yep. So your strats and
0: your schemes, you're ready to go. (laughs) Yep. Pretty cool. Yeah.
1: You also get outside of those four actions we talked about, you get an additional seven actions, which are hunker down defensive stance, covering fire, focus, fire, heavy charge, stealth move and overwatch. So if you were wondering, like where the depth is coming from those four actions there are 11 actions in the real game so when you're playing full rules grimdark future you have your option for overwatch you have your option for focus fire for covering fire defensive stance etc
0: do you have to hold if you go on overwatch
1: uh yes
0: okay now i feel better
1: but <laughs> yeah overwatch requires a hold yep <laughs> So does hunker down.
2: now you've sold sold Paul in the game. Now you 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 explained what that damn (laughs) rule is for. Yeah, no, I Um,
0: I, I you know I I don't need you know it's otherwise it's just an appendix. Why is it there?
1: Right. So you you also get rules for random events, which Paul, I think you want to talk about this a little bit.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of random shit happening in games because it's just fun that way. Um and. There's a mechanic for this in, in Chain of Command as well, um, so that kind of that kind of piqued my interest right there. But this one like is really cool because you roll a die on different turns um, without getting too specific on it. But basically, you roll a die, and um,
1: if it's higher than a certain number, you roll two more dice. Yeah, and some crazy and shit then happens. Some crazy shit
0: happens, like there might be a random you know chaos portal open that starts sucking people in, or um
1: you might have units that can't shoot because their supplies are low yeah yeah like they're
0: they're they might have run out of ammo and, and stuff like that or or uh you know like chain of command has a uh you know striping run by a jet so i'd imagine
1: you know maybe there's
0: something like that in here as well
1: my favorite one is that like <laughs> that on a specific role like up to 10
0: zombies can just show up and start fucking shit up on the table yeah that one i, um, I liked a lot too so yeah there's there's a lot of neat stuff I, I like random shit happening like that i don't know why i, I, I love it's that fun kind of it makes stuff.
1: games memorable man
0: yeah
1: um so that's the thing you can also have battlefield conditions that's another thing where you check, in at the beginning of the the match, you, you determine whether or not you're going to do uh, uh, an effect based on the battlefield condition, and then you roll a couple dice to determine what that's going to be. Yep. Um, Which I like also, that type
0: of stuff, too. Yeah. Obviously, those from those, from those are fun. Legion and stuff like that, but yeah.
1: And then taking a page from AOS, there are rules so that you can give your terrain additional crazy effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also give your objectives special effects. Like you can make your objective, for example, so your objective, while is an objective you want to capture, it could also be a holy monument that makes your models better when they're standing near it.
0: Right. Yeah, which I like that type of stuff uh, in Age of Sigmar, and you know, you just you just roll and see what happens, and it could be nothing special, right? If you yep. if you roll, you know, poorly or, or whatever, just yep. you know, yep. whatever you get. Yeah. Um, yeah those are yeah i mean so it's
2: pretty cool those are one of the best rules for uh because for age of sigmar well yeah, i mean I agree. not just age of sigmar i mean um a song of ice and fire too that's one of the reasons why i like a song of ice and fire so much is because the same kind of thing like the terrain matters it, it's going yeah. to do things outside of just slow you down and give you cover like there's mm-hmm. there's reasons to put specific t- pieces of terrain you know it's specifically like in in, in the Soifi where you know, you get to pick the terrain as you're laying it out. That's part of the game. Um, so I, I like things like that. Yeah.
1: Yep. There's also fog of war rules, which are neat. Um, yeah, there were there. a few cool
0: mechanics in there that were, were pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. Another one of my favorite rules is brutal damage. So brutal. Da- again, I don't want to get into what brutal damage does, but it makes the game more lethal. Yep. Um, yeah, it does. And Just brutal damage bit. is really cool. Yep. There's command points, which we talked about a little, which gives you stratagems, all a la 8th edition and 9th edition 40K. There's rules for suppression on top of pinning. And the suppression rules, I think, are also sweet. Um, I personally, and the cool thing about this is it notes that all of these pages and these sections are a la carte. So it's play with as many or as few as
0: you want of them. Right. Which I think is which I think is a really cool uh, thought process there like you can yeah. you can you can do as much as this if you, if you want you know these extra roles they might take more time um but yeah, you know you, you might you have need that time the time or you might just be trying to play during lunch and want to get done yeah i mean exactly it, it the, the first 16 agency.
1: pages are non-negotiable and everything after you can add on whatever you want or leave whatever you want yeah. and it the game works however you take things or leave things
2: yeah giving, giving players choice and giving them agency is never a bad thing so
1: agreed i personally i'd always play with brutal damage suppression and random events i think those things are awesome um especially if you have but, your 10
0: zombie models ready to yeah for,
1: for and i do i have 10 pox walkers just ready i was like oh boy i even have the i even have the exact models i would use for it yeah
0: yeah um or even or or even you know malifo zombies sure the zombies right. yeah
1: it right. works just fine um, so, yeah, so the reason to pay the extra three bucks is like, in my opinion, the the full game just unlocks so much more of the like easy to learn, difficult to master aspect of this game, because all of these special sections are a page. Right. So it's not like you're adding tons of complexity. You're just adding additional depth that's easy to reference. Right. Really?
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, uh, grimdark future. I think we've done a, we've done a pretty good job of comparing and contrasting to 40k. We've talked about the things I wanted to. Are there other things that you guys wanted to mention?
0: Well, let, let me let me ask yep. you this: um, at the end of the day, yeah, which do you choose? Um. I think there's a place for both
1: games, but in my specific scenario, I choose grim dark future. I like altering activations. I like that. I can play this game without having to be it being the thing. Only thing I think about. Um, I also like it partly because I know the other people that would play it would be like-minded.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, that really sounds pretentious and I understand that, but it is doesn't make it any less true i guess um but that doesn't mean i won't play 40 40k i think ninth ed 40k at the like whatever the under thousand point level sounds fun as hell um and i already have codexes so i'm gonna try it but in general i think grimdark future because i like altering activations and i really 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 like this rule set right i
2: mean i think for me um I'm with you chops on the alternating activations. It really sells me at that point. And the, the rule set is strong. I, I think the thing that where I'm finding my biggest issue with the game is the, the diversity in, in terms of the, the, the army's feeling special just the
1: marines man just the marines i know because all the other models are separate all the other armies
0: are. Separate i know but now. again
2: i only play marines and so that's my problem like i trust sounds you. like a you for it, adults, it, it, no. <laughs> and again, it very much is like it, you, but you're but you're asking the question of where do i stand on it so yep, i yep, yep. i stand at a point of i fucking love the rules it, it's to me it, it's fourth edition like it was said earlier is my favorite version of 40k. It always was. It's 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 a nostalgia factor for me. Um, you know, I, I didn't play in fifth and sixth. I played at the end of seventh, and I like I enjoyed what I played in eighth. I never got to the competitive side of things, so I never saw a lot of the things that eighth didn't do well that a lot of people did. Um, so I I like the fact that it the rule set is a combination of, of fourth and eighth, and it adds crazy random things from other games. You know, like. A Song of Ice and Fire or, you know, Age of Sigmar or Malifaux, you know or alternating or activations, alternating activations. <laughs> you know, I, I like how it brings it in there and makes it itself unique. The, the rule set is really good for me. My issue is the flavor when it comes to the rules for the models. Like like I said, let me pay five extra dollars a month above your current tier and let's bring in that level of uniqueness to, these, to that army and I'm sold.
0: How long has this game been around,
2: Kev? I don't actually
1: know. But we're reading the rules as, as it exists in 2.1. So there have been at least 11 revisions to the game. Let's see. I'm going to see if I can't see if they have it on their website. Um, either way Paul, what are your final thoughts here what are you where where are you standing like if you if you were like I want to rack up my 40k minis what would you like like thinking about the process like I want to play a game with my 40k minis period H- thinking about the mental exercise of preparing for a game of playing a game of getting materials of the things you need to do and the person you need to seek out yeah, what I, game are you playing? I feel
0: like I feel like at this point um I feel like It would entirely depend on what the other person wanted to play. Like I don't feel like I don't feel like either one of them is a slam yeah, a slam dunk. They're just different. So if, if the other person was like, Man, I really wanna play some random, you know, encounter type stuff. Let's play Grim Dark Future, I'd be like, sure. You know, that's fine. Like I, with, I whichever, I whichever one my opponent wanted to play, I like, I don't, I there, there's nothing that to me that says, Oh, I'm going to choose this one every time. Yeah. Right. I do.
1: I, I think that's true. I think when you, we, we, when we look at 40 K versus grimdark future, I think it does very much depend on what your opponent wants to play. And honestly, that's how most games work, right? Like, what do you want to play? Let's play this. Um, I will say though, Grimdark Future Firefight shits on kill team, shits on it.
0: <laughs> well, that's um, not too hard. To
2: to to an, to, to answer your question, Paul, uh, February of 2017 was their very first blog post on their website. Okay, okay, cool. So
0: that's not that's not all so that three year, three and a half years. So I mean, conceivably, some of those chapters could show up. Conceivably, sure. yes. It, it, yeah.
2: Again, it, it like I said. I, I'm fully okay with paying for it, with it being a Patreon tier. Like, I, I get it. Like, you've got your advanced rules and you've got your free rules. Advanced, And it's probably not a huge team. Like, if you think about the amount of money this
1: is making, it's this is somebody's side project. And it's probably, like, one to a few people. Right. right? And like, I get it's that. it's not a ton of people that are working on this. Yeah, and,
2: I, and, I, and it's probably somebody that's doing this in their spare time uh, yeah. when they're not doing their real job. And I get that. Yeah, You know, and and that's why I'm that's Uh, why I'm 100% okay with paying for it.
1: Yeah, I I, though, like I said, I think this game is worth paying for. If you're already paying for 40k and you just every once in a while want to play something different, it's three bucks a month. And really, you can just pay the three dollars once, download the rule books and then not re-up for the next month and you're done. Uh, Yeah, so there's that too. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: But I think I'm, I'm one, you know, it's, it's, it feels very punk rock to support an organization like this. Um, So I'm, I'm a hundred percent into it. I really like these independently produced rule sets that are really clean and that work with, I mean, we talked about in our minis agnostic episode, right? Um, I really dig this and I love how one-to-one the translations to games, workshop models are and mantic models and that the rules are just clean, easy to understand. Like, anybody who's played a war game, I could teach this game to. And it's, it seems like it's going to be really fun, right? So there it is. I think we'll probably end up playing these games after COVID times and we can come back with more definitive. Uh, But I think, I think actually the opinion for all three of us is we'd play whichever one our opponent wanted to play. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me though, if I was seeking out a game and because I have the people in my meta, I'm probably going to choose to play grimdark future first and probably more often.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I can. I, I can totally see that. Like, there's there's no reason to not. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I see a
2: few. I see a couple of people in our meta that would be willing to try it out. Um, I don't see us having a large group though. I think the Madison group is a little bit more open to the minis agnostic games. Sure. Because, like, I definitely see like you know Jim or Brit, um, you, myself, I mean, you have Jesse, a couple other people in our area that would be open to trying it out but i don't see like the large group trying doing it but i may be wrong i don't think so either
1: i wouldn't i would uh i would probably play it in front of the 40k players they'd be like what what are they doing (laughs) it looks like they're playing 40k but they're putting markers down by their models Why is that other guy going already why are they both moving models back and what is happening i have to figure out when the
2: 40k people in our area meet i don't even know when 40k gets played in our area
1: Anyway, so that's Grim Dark Future. Final thoughts. It's really good. You should check it out, especially for the free stuff. Super, super, super cool game. Uh, that's me. Final thought.
0: Potter, any final thoughts?
2: No, I mean, I think I've, I think I've said anything. I, th- I, all think right. I think I'm good. It's just grim and it's dark.
0: Yeah. And futury. And futury. It is definitely futury. Um, Alright, well, uh, thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, Patreon has been like phenomenal lately I I don't know what we did to deserve it but thanks everybody Um, because again we have another new patron and um, their name is Quadratus so thank you for joining us Quadratus we appreciate it oh so much Um, and it was good to see you log on to Discord almost immediately after joining up at patreon so we appreciate that look forward to chatting with you on on discord uh thanks aesthetic is a city for all the awesome awesome music um and come look for us on on all the uh social medias uh we're out there through men in war game and uh you can see all the cool miniatures that we work on uh and talk about so it's it's a great place to come hang out uh, so, thanks for listening. We, we greatly appreciate it. Bye.